I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And before we talked last time, the Badgers had a busy week uh, this past Friday offering five running back scholarships. So we'll get into that in part of our news of the day. And then in the back half of the show, the theme uh, of SB Nation this week is underdogs. So we're going to get into some conversations about underdogs, what makes an underdog, some underdogs that have uh, been through Wisconsin. Of course, they've had a lot of them uh, with uh, success with the walk-on program at UW in terms of football, and there's some other basketball stuff. So uh, the theme of our week in this episode and maybe a little bit into the next episode will be uh, on the underdog segments. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, it's a little rainy here recently these past few days, which has kind of been a bummer uh, if you're living in the Madison area. But um, overall, doing good. How was, how was the move and how are you doing kind of in terms of everything here now but that you're back in Madison? Good, good. Yeah, we, we got everything kind of together. Um, we just got a little shopping to do to get everything going. And uh, this past weekend, thankfully, we had some nice weather. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the, uh, the rain the past few days hasn't been as nice. But uh, this next week or so will be hopefully um, some ideal weather. So it'll be nice to, to get some change, even though people are starting to come out of the woodworks. We're starting to be able to go out. I have not personally been out much more than, than my normal quarantine routine, but uh, it's nice to see that you know some people are out and about and, and making advantage. I think the, the nice weather will certainly help that. So no doubt. let's get into some news. Um, like I mentioned already, uh, five running back uh, scholarship offers go out to the class of 2022 uh, on Friday. It was a busy day for running back you at Wisconsin. Um, Kind of unlike anything I've I've seen before in terms of you know sending out five offers in one day it was it was pretty fun to watch and uh, if you read the articles over on Bucky's Fifth Quarter dot com Drew kept hammering them out and it seemed like as soon as he got one done another one got thrown up or another you know kid put up that he got offered by Wisconsin so he worked on another one so uh, it was good to talk about but what did you make of of that whole situation um, with with five running backs being offered to that class of 2022 for the Badgers. Uh, it lets me think that John Settle must be pretty much wrapped up with his 2021 uh, perusings of running backs around, around the nation. Kind of we've talked about that in our last uh, podcast or two podcasts ago about the offense. But I think these are the, the starting point for this 2022 class. Wisconsin throwing out all of these guys are four stars, all um, have you know robust offer lists and are already kind of top of the heap in terms of their class. Um, so John Settle must really like this group and, you know, in looking at some of their tapes, you can tell that they're talented players and that, uh, I, I think Wisconsin fans and the staff would be happy to get any of these guys, but overall, because it's so early in the process, it's just, it's just a starting point, but it's, it was interesting to see just the flurry of how they all went out, uh, on the same day and kind of, um, how the staff went about it. 
Yeah, I have to imagine John Suttle went into the office uh, on Friday morning and was like a eager, you know, kid on Christmas, ready to just dish out offers left and right. But it was cool to see. And, you know, you look at, like you said, you know, these guys aren't just anybody's. They're four-star kids uh, going into their junior seasons that, you know, who knows if they have a, a strong year. They, they could definitely boost up to a five-star. So these are big names, you know, like the offers list for some of them are are pretty high, but that doesn't uh, discount the Badgers. I mean, you look at Wisconsin, uh, they, they have a pretty successful track record of, of landing running backs that can really do some damage on the field. So I think they're very much, you know, can be in contention for any of these guys, depending on uh, the fits uh, and things like that. Did you have a, a chance to watch any any film on any of these guys? Uh, I watched the um, Jabron Payne. I watched a little bit of his Cincinnati kid uh, averaged over 10 yards of carry. I thought he looked really good um, just on tape. I refuse to watch either of the North Carolina kids just because that just brings back Antonio Williams, uh, you know, just sheer PTSD from that. But um, I think I think Wisconsin would be happy with any of these guys. It reminded me of the Oprah um, meme where it's like everybody gets an offer here. But um, I, I think Jabron Payne, in watching his film, it was really um, it really stood out based off of just kind of the overall football player that he was. Uh, he he's really smooth in his movements in and out of um, breaking tackles, and he's got some breakaway speed. So. Uh, he's a kid based off of his offer list. I think Wisconsin, uh, depending upon if, if Ohio State gets involved, the Badgers should be involved throughout, um, um, depending. But at the same time, you never know. It's kind of a crapshoot uh, in recruiting, especially this early out. Yeah, yeah, it's good you mentioned that because I had not had a chance to watch uh, any of those uh, threes um, highlight tapes. I did get a chance to watch Katron Allen's and Damari Alston's, uh, both four-star guys. Uh, Katron Allen's got a big uh, offer list out of IMG Academy, but he's a you know a big kid, you know definitely a a bruiser, a strong runner. Um, I I thought he had some pretty good field vision. Maybe not the fastest kid um, in terms of running backs. He's not going to be your speedster or anything like that, but decent speed. But we're looking at his offer list. He's got all the big ones already on, on board in Alabama, Texas, you know Georgia, and and I believe Ohio State had offered him as well. Um, so big, big new schools and names. Uh, and then I, I did have a chance to watch a little bit of Demario Alston's good speed, um, athletic kid, breakaway straight line speed, which I thought was interesting. Once he gets out there in space and can go from one point to another, maybe not a lot of side to side, he, he's really hard to catch. So um, and the other thing I really liked about his was his uh, pass catching out of the backfield. You know, you look at Wisconsin running backs coming out of High school, Jonathan Taylor wasn't always uh, the strongest pass catcher. He really worked on that over his college career and got a lot better at it. But anytime you get these athlete-type running back guys that, that can do a lot, you know, you think to Jalen Berger, uh, this past you know recruiting class of guys that are uh, coming in, good hands, can can do a lot of different things. That'll that'll be nice for, for the offense to try and work through. And you look at those are the guys that you kind of want to land as you're uh, as you're developing a class because you need that uh, ability to use guys in in, a, in you know different ways that way. Yeah, for sure. And and Payne had that in his film too. You know, he also was really a good standout on defense too. So I think the Badgers are looking to be a little bit more multiple instead of pigeonholing running backs as you know you can't be in the passing game. That instead you're just going to be a third down back or you're just going to be a first and second down guy. Um, I think they're really going for that. And I think really that's what the running back position has tilted towards was kind of a, a more multiple and versatile athlete that can be back there and, and do a little bit of everything. 
Most definitely. Uh, anything else you want to touch on in terms of the the offers that went out? Otherwise, we've got a, a one other quick news to talk about in Cade Green. Yeah, I mean, Cade Green, that thing is basically the Badgers are just um, going for him to become pursuing a medical non-counter status. Um, basically, he, he'll be on the program, but he wouldn't actually be um, a scholarship player. Uh, he'd still get his scholarship uh kind of held up through UW, but it would not count against the scholarships on the roster. I, I think, you know, he's he's been a guy who really hasn't been able to crack the rotation, has seemingly been injured throughout. Um, the Badgers have how generally have a guy like that has this medical non-counter um, waiver usually every couple of years. You know, Griffin Grady comes to mind. Um, some guys in the past, like Matt Miller, who was an uh, – eventually went into the staff as well after uh, some concussions derailed his career. So the Badgers are, are, this isn't something new, but I think, you know, best of luck to him. And it opens up a scholarship for maybe a walk-on like Mike Mascalunas for next year. Um, and then a, an extra scholarship for the 2021 class, which um, is already off to a hot start. Yeah. I found that was, you know, that whole story was kind of interesting because it was kind of, you know, it kind of got picked up on Twitter of, of people kind of noticing that uh, it said former wide receiver um, in his Twitter bio. And we hadn't really known about it or seen anything. And then it kind of, um, you know, the the information started to come out and, and see that. But, you know, unfortunately, these things do happen, you know, with injuries like that. Uh, but hopefully Cade can continue to get a you know a strong education at Wisconsin. And like you said, it opens up uh, a scholarship opportunity for for somebody. Um, there's there's plenty of deserving guys on this roster that can can make some things happen uh, and if it doesn't go to somebody already on the roster you know that uh, you know a scholarship will be uh, a very nice thing for someone in the class of 2021 to have because that class like you mentioned already is is shaping up well so it, it's it's unfortunate the circumstances of it but hopefully uh, the Badgers and Cade can make the most out of the situation and uh, improve on it that way. Yeah, for sure. And and hopefully, um, you know, just the best of luck to him. I know uh, a lot of times whenever this happens, um, players will oftentimes stick around and become part, maybe a GA or anything like that. You know, John Budmeyer kind of had a similar um, situation in terms of his uh, career arc. You know, it's it's not out of the question for, for him to stick around the Wisconsin program. Um, you know, he's a kid out of Texas who um, just it just didn't work out for a very uh, various reasons. But uh, shout out to the buck around for for noticing that and um, putting that out on Twitter and then basically getting all the feelers actually going from there. Most definitely. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting story, uh, the kind of way it came about. But I'm sure uh, Kate will hopefully make the most uh, of the situation. Anything else news wise? Otherwise, we'll get into our underdog discussion for the week. No news on this end. Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and knock out our ads right away here um, a little earlier than normal, and then we'll get into our underdog conversation. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, today's focus and uh, focus across all of SB Nation over this next week um, is underdogs. We've had a couple different themes uh, across the platforms since last week. There was a what if. Um, I think last week was Marvel week, which we did not touch on because I'll probably get some backlash for this, but I have not really seen any of the Marvel movies. Um, so we didn't work that one in, but this week I thought an underdog week would be a, a good conversation to have. So uh, looking forward to to kind of getting, you know, talking about this and, and looking at the different ways in which uh, an underdog, both in sports and at Wisconsin, has has made their presence felt. But uh, anything really stick out to you in terms of you know what an underdog is or, or what characteristics kind of make up an underdog and, and why we kind of like to root for them? Well, first off, you should just use your quarantine to catch up on some of those <laughs> superhero movies because, uh, you know, they're kind of a, a big deal around a lot of uh, areas. Um, but uh, I would just say for, for me personally, uh, you know, in, in terms of what is a underdog, it's just uh, somebody that has to or a person or a group that has to kind of under, undergo challenges and, and overcomes the odds that are generally stacked against them and, and makes things come to fruition that you wouldn't think uh, they were necessarily capable of or weren't expected from them. Um, you know, I think Wisconsin has had a lot in their history as sports have in general. I think it's sports as an arena that people continue to astound and, and break through adversity that is generally uh, would hold others back. So it's, it's one of those things where I think underdogs are um, usually – things that you can root for. Sometimes it'll turn against people where someone is starts off as an underdog and then eventually people turn on them. You know, you see that all the time. But, uh, you know, I think of like even a guy like Steph Curry, where it's like he didn't necessarily wasn't an underdog because he always had uh, a lot of privileges in his life because of what who his father was and everything. But he, he was still a slight framed, you know, two guard playing uh, that eventually went in to become a point guard and was slept on most of his career. And now he's one of the top basketball players uh, just because of hard work and, and what he's become. So I, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but um, in, in a lot of ways, underdogs are people you root for just because of what they've gone through and, and the challenges and tribulations that they've endured to succeed at the highest level. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head in, in terms of definition. And I think, you know, it's it's part of, of the underdog you like to root for him. But I think on the other side of the coin, there's a lot of, um, you know, situations where we like to root against certain players and certain teams. You know, I think, you know, kind of kind of schadenfreude where we kind of get pleasure out of the miseries of certain teams. You know, I think, of, you know, anytime Duke is, is taking on an underdog or anyone in general, anytime for us, you know, Ohio State is taking on someone you're always rooting for that, uh, you know, that little team or that lesser team, quote unquote, in, in some eyes. And, you know, we've had a few of those these past few years in college basketball with like the Duke. You're rooting kind of for the misery of that program. It's not really anything that has to do with any certain guy on the team. You know, I know you know, Coach K, some people really care for Coach K. You know, I'm guessing most of our listeners uh, do not, given the, the history that they've sort of had with them in that national championship game. But a lot of you know underdogs and upsets can also kind of be 
um, brought on by the team that they're taking down, you know, that David versus Goliath. Because I know for me, uh, anybody taking on uh, Ohio State, Duke, teams like that, I am I am fully on the underdog bandwagon rooting for those teams because simply I, I love to see the misery that comes out of, of Duke and Ohio State fans from time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's that's one of those things where uh, any any of the teams that are kind of always there, uh, you're always rooting for something magical to happen where that you can knock them off. Um, whether it's whether it's football, basketball, baseball, what have you, it's it's always kind of just you know you, you want a guy like Craig Council to to come up huge in a huge moment like he like he did in in a World Series. And uh, even though you know you look at him and he he weighs a hundred pounds soaking wet and it's just uh amazing to see what people can do and and it's and especially against people that are supposedly uh better uh at their craft at the given moment most definitely well let's talk about just some you know we'll get into wisconsin underdogs and upsets in a minute but is there any you know i I, there's been so sports is a huge platform for underdogs things like that is there any you know on a you know, big picture macro level, uh, you know, what are some of your favorite underdog stories or, or sports that uh, stick out to you? I mean, things like the miracle on ice, you know, you're, you're looking at things that transcend just sports and uh, really go above and beyond to, to rejuvenate nations, rejuvenate uh, areas. Um, you, you see sometimes where the, the team that came into the the season with, you know, just a small chance of doing anything, wasn't picked to do much, uh, goes out and succeeds. You know, I always remember in uh, college football, uh, 14, you know, you know, you start off with the really crummy UTSA team and take them to win back to back to back Fred McGriff style championships. And it was uh, it's always exciting. So I, I think just anytime it's it's not only a person that's going ahead and uh, going against the odds, but it but really uh, goes ahead and also makes makes waves of change or um, excites a, a large group of people. Um, it's it's always exciting for me. It's why people really root for things like Last Chance You or watching stuff like that. It's it's a blend of hey, there's people on the brink really um, fighting for what they want, and sometimes it's successful, and sometimes underdogs don't pan out, you know, and that's the beauty of sports. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I, I love these. You know, the Miracle on Ice, I think, is the one that uh, you know, everybody kind of looks to. I know it's before my time, but you, if you're, there's a movie made about you, um, you know, decades later, and, you know, and it kind of lives in lore with that. That's obviously uh, a very important one. The other one I had written down, I don't know if you're a big soccer guy, but Leicester City in 2015 winning the Premier League was one. I think that was simply cool because they did it for a whole season versus sometimes you see these games where a big powerhouse team has an off game um, and an underdog has an on game and things happen. But that one was a, a full season of them, you know, going against all odds. And then I think back to the I think back to like underdogs that really stuck out to me when I was a kid. And I was thinking of like the 04 Pistons when they took down, you know, Shaq and Kobe and the powerhouse of the Lakers back then. That one was a really cool one. But there's there's so many that you can point to and look at as unreal, you know, sport defining and and memories that stick out. And I think that's what makes, you know, school or uh, team so special is that when they pull these things off, like you said, it, cha- it can change a whole sport. You know, nobody probably knew who Leicester City was uh, when they started out. And now it's, you know, the Premier League, uh, the teams get more attention that way. So 
anytime you have an underdog, it, it's cool to see. But some of those ones were ones that stuck out to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's so many good ones to choose from, uh, and and I think that it's that's what's like I said, it's that's what's so exciting about sports is you know you actually go on the field, you go on the court where wherever you are actually playing, and at that moment each team has has a shot to to claim victory, and it's it's what's what's so exciting not only as a player but also as a fan to to watch and be part of. Most definitely. All right, let's talk about specifically uh, college football or college basketball. I know there's there's a couple, I and mean, you think about college football, I think it happens a little bit more often just because there's you know less games, so you you the upsets seem bigger you know in certain ways. Um, but is there any certain game that that really sticks out to you in the in the college football or college basketball world? Yeah, I mean, for for me, the first one that comes to mind uh, is in 07, that Appalachian State taking down Michigan. It was like kicking off BTN. It was it was like a perfect freaking storm to watch Appalachian State go in there. They were they were FCS at the time and to take down ranked Michigan. Um, you know, we know that Michigan was um, wasn't necessarily as as great as you know, they were at the, at other times, but in 07 for Appalachian State to just go in there in Ann Arbor and beat them on national television when Big Ten Network just dropped for the first time. I think that was like, it was 11 a.m. game, just expecting not much out of it, thinking Michigan would blow them out. And it turned out that uh, App State just went ahead and, and took care of the the victors that day um, and, and got the W. I thought that was one that just really jumped out for football. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that if you're looking at college football, you know, that's going to be the one that sticks out in a lot of people's minds. Um, there was a Badger game that day, and I thought I was at Camp Randall. I kind of remember checking the score, but I don't remember who they were playing um, that season or that week. But I remember seeing the scoreboard um, continuously thinking, oh, my God, who is Michigan losing to? Appalachian State? I didn't know who they were, who they, you know, what they were about, and when they were, you know, Obviously now, you know, a, a, a strong team in a Power Five conference, but back then they were not the App State that they are now. So that one really stuck out. And then the other one, you know, the the Jim Harbaugh, Richard Sermon kind of launched uh, that whole thing, that that Stanford uh, game where I think they were 40-point underdogs uh, in that one. And, you know, USC at that time was just a, a powerhouse that they have that were used to, you know, those Reggie Bush type years USC was so strong and, and it was a couple of years after that where Stanford knocked them off in, in pretty glorious fashion and then you look at in college basketball there's there's so many more too I mean UMBC of course is the most recent and, and biggest one probably but you know Lehigh a couple of years ago Florida Gulf Coast when they took down Georgetown there's so many especially in March Madness uh, that stick out that, that that make both the sports so special and so exciting. Yeah, I mean that's what I was thinking for for basketball is too that 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 UMBC taking down uh, Virginia was one that instantly crosses your mind just because that it's it's so cool when it gets to tournament time because there's so many different variables at play that anything can really happen. You rarely see that 16-1 upset, but but anything between 15 and two is and and. Uh, you know, three and 14 can happen any year. It's just a matter of being ready and coming out into play and, and having a player or two just really play at their best. Um, I, I think that was always huge. You know, I remember Hampton beat Iowa State back in like 01 or something like that. And 
and they had Tinsley and, you know, I have, I have a friend who is a huge Iowa state fan and I'm guessing that one would hit home really hard for him. Or when Weber state beat North Carolina, you know, um, way back there when they had Antoine Jameson, um, you know, and, and not, and whatnot, I think it's just, that's, that's the type of thing that sports is all about. And, um, it, you relish those, those matchups because when it happens, it's, it's so cool to see. And you can see the emotional, um, and, and physical energy that everybody put out there when you you're looking at the underdog who came out victorious. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the other one that I, I forgot to mention was the uh, you, you you saying Iowa State sprung me to northern Iowa uh, when they took down uh, Kansas with Ali Fruit Manesh. That was another one that, you know, games like that or moments like that where these guys really, you know, make a big splash on a big stage definitely heightens the upsets and, and makes them so, so, so cool to see. And that's why I think, you know, March Madness, uh, when when it happens, and we've had a lot of upsets. Obviously, we didn't have any this past year, and we uh, we would love to see it. But you think to the years before that, there was a lot of big games and upsets, 314s, uh, 215s, that used to not happen as regularly. It happened a little bit more over the last, you know, five to seven years. So uh, it's definitely special. But uh, what about for Wisconsin? Let's let's take it down to just a badger level is there any any team or or game that jumped out to you as an underdog uh for the badgers i mean there's a lot i mean you look at that entire 1993 rose bowl team everything they did from the beginning to the end was surely an underdog level they they weren't predicted to to be a team that's going to win the rose bowl they definitely weren't predicted to beat Cade McNown and and what UCLA had um on their team that that year uh you look at so many players who were walk-ons and guys who um you know really weren't the prototypical players that you you thought would would go ahead and win a rose bowl and they they did it. They really, um, that was such a cool thing to, to see. And really that spurred a lot of what Wisconsin is now in, in a lot of ways and really, um, got the community around, um, more excited and, and brought fans back into the seats at Camp Randall. Um, so I thought that one was one that jumped out. You've got the, the, uh, the victory over Ohio state when I was, uh, at in school, you know, I think, you know, you got David Gilreath returning that kickoff right away, and that place was the most crazy I've ever seen anything. Um, and, and but then you also have like basketball. I think of uh, when Wisconsin took down Michigan in, in 2013 with that Brust hit the three pointer. That was just on TV yesterday, and it, it was I was watching that game because it was such such a fun one to watch. You look back at that. Badger team, and that wasn't the same type of talent level that you look at just a few years later when you've got Frank Kaminsky a few years older. You've got Sam Decker that year was only a freshman. Um, you, you've got uh, you know Ben Brust is leading the team in points um, as a set shooter, and and Ryan Evans is third on the team in scoring, and and they took down a team that ended up going to the national championship um, twice that year. They beat beat them not only on their own home court, but then they, in, in just thrilling fashion and overtime, thanks to Brust's half-court heave, but then w- later beat them in the conference uh, tournament as well. And, I mean, that team had Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, uh, you know, Glenn Robinson Jr., um, John Horford, like they, Chris, Karis LeVert, like 
Nick Stauskas, they had so many guys that ended up going on and playing in the league for, for years. And it was, that was such a cool um, thing that you wouldn't expect, you know, and that goes a little bit beyond the obvious of like the, the Kentucky takedown because nobody predicted the Badgers were going to be Kentucky um, just a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, all those games that Kentucky one, especially, yeah, that one was a huge one. I think everybody outside of Wisconsin had, had Kentucky picked and, and why wouldn't you, you know, I don't think anybody in Wisconsin, while you were, you were hoping and you were confident in the team that you'd watched all season, you also knew that you were going up against uh, a powerhouse of a future NBA, you know, all-stars and things like that. So it, that one was certainly crazy, and then that one's probably the one that comes to the forefront of most people's minds. Uh, but the other one, you know, I had written down in more recent years was the Ohio State upset in Camp Randall. If you were at that game, that's one that that literally that opening kickoff is something that you could close your eyes and and picture the entire thing. Um, you know, for years on end, you can still think about it if you're if you. You know, we're we're in the stadium. I think that was probably the loudest I've heard Camp Randall, which made it really cool and special. And, you know, even I was thinking about it in terms of more recent ones. I think in a few years we'll maybe look back on this past season of of college basketball and think of Wisconsin. I know they didn't get a chance to prove it uh, in 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 March and in the in the tournament. But I I think this team was was kind of a a rally team, a a team that battled back and and nobody expected them to go on and win the league and and get a share of it. And they did. So I think in a few years, I know it's recent in our minds, but in a few years, this uh, Badger team will be considered kind of an underdog group because coming into the season, they were picked fifth or sixth. You know, they were having to replace Ethan Happ. That was going to be a struggle. And then they went out and did that. So plenty of of strong and and talented teams that has made Wisconsin really special and I think that's what's so cool about rooting for a program like that because of course you'd you want to be Ohio State you want to win you know compete for championships and things like that but sometimes to be an underdog and and maybe to make that jump up every once in a while is is pretty cool too oh for sure and I mean Wisconsin relishes that that moment they're oftentimes slept on in in those big games and um you know there's been plenty of times where there's heartbreak hotel uh if being a Badger fan but every once in a while you get those wins and and it just completely shifts everything for uh the time being you know I know uh in our mailbag we got a question saying uh how far away is Wisconsin from making it into the college football playoff and you know I think that's what it's going to take is Wisconsin is at this point, just based off of recruiting, they're recruiting at a, a point where they're going to be able to be in the thick of things uh, in the, the West each year. And if things go right and they're able to take down somebody in the big 10 championship, which we've seen in the past, they'll, they'll be knocking on the doorstep and, and they'll be there. But it's, it's a matter of most likely they're going to be the underdog in any of those games, barring um, Wisconsin just completely um, having some com- tremendous hits at, um, at uh, they're in recruiting here over these next few years. But it's, they're going to always have their chance. It's just a matter of it happening. Yeah, and I think that's one thing, you know, when you look at Wisconsin, I, I don't think they're too far away from that. And uh, it, it comes down to that what makes an underdog you know, really special in some of those, you know, some of those games, it just takes one game or, or one flip of a play to to pull off that upset. And uh, I think that's what makes that whole uh, dilemma so special. And I, I, I do think the Badgers are are closer than maybe some people think. And if you're, if you pay attention to the program and the recruiting, you can see that things are, are getting better and they just have to, you know, close that, 
gap on the biggest stage. And if, if you get some things that break right, uh, you certainly will have, will have opportunities to do that. Um, in terms of players, that was the next question that we were going to get into in terms of underdog. I think Wisconsin, more than most programs, has had a lot of guys. You, know, you think of the walk-ons. It's it's been a you know widely covered story at UW how how the Badgers can turn these walk-on players into stars. But who are your, some of your favorite uh, underdog players for Wisconsin? I mean, there's a lot. I think of just in in general. You think of just how. Uh, Great Wisconsin's been with walk-ons, not only on the offensive line, um, but also I think if you look at defensive back, Wisconsin has just been crazy there with with walk-ons. You know, even just recently with uh, guys like Musso and Ferguson, but then you've got guys like Ben Strickland, you've got Jason Doring, you've got um, you know Jim Leonard, Joe Stelmacher. There's so many walk-ons that just went on and and had phenomenal careers. Um, Chris Maragos, like the list kind of just keeps going on and on at that position just because Wisconsin generally doesn't, uh, like we said, bring in crazy elite talent all the time and you need to backfill with that walk on uh, tradition and, and they're able to do it. I mean, you look at Ben Strickland and, and just what he was able to do, not only as a kind of a nickel corner uh, safety type guy that played a lot of different roles. He was just so good at special teams and everything that he brought to the table. Um, and, and you go, you know, you got a guy like Dario Gumbawale who, um, you know, was a third down specialist now in the league. But I, I think my favorite was Donnell Thompson uh, back in those uh, late 90s Rose Bowl teams. He was a captain. Uh, you know, he was he was so good. He played at West and, you know, he was I, if I think if I remember correctly, he was like a, a soda vendor kid. You know, one of the kids who would sell sodas at the games uh, back in the day. And, you know, that was always kind of a dream for everybody to 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 be able to eventually play as Wisconsin and for a kid who lived right down the street to be able to kind of do that and and not only do that but then go on into the NFL and and have a rich life afterwards is is such a cool story so I, w- I would say Donnell Thompson is is one of my favorites uh in in terms of Wisconsin history with walk-ons yeah no those are all great answers I mean you look at of course you're going to look at you know big picture Jim Leonard J.J. Watt guys like that Ryan Ramchek, guys that uh, battled through some adversity early in their career and then turned it on later. But I, I like that you mentioned, you know, a, a local product because for me, uh, being from Southwest Wisconsin, you know, Alex Erickson was a kid that I played against in high school and he always made us look silly. So I always thought, you know, I hope he goes on to Wisconsin and gets a chance. And uh, of course he did. And is now is playing at the next level, which is cool to see. And then you know, my hometown was Luke Swan. I don't know if you remember that name at receiver, but he was from our high school. Um, and it was a really, really big time for our town to see, you know, uh, a kid from a, a small farm town school that you, you don't, you don't turn out, you know, Wisconsin football products. And, and he did and, and went on to have a pretty cool career. So I think that part uh, in terms of walk on seeing a, a local, you know, kid that, you know, he grew up in the same way you did. And then that maybe someday you can do it makes it really special um, for a lot of different people in that walk on underdog role. Yeah. I mean, even then you look at uh, in terms of basketball, there's, there's a lot of players that just come to mind, you know, even a guy like Zach Showalter who, who came in as a walk on um, was beloved by many just, just for what he could bring to the table defensively uh, hit some huge clutch shots. You know, I remember watching, uh, Ryan Evans, you know, ride around when I was on campus on a bike to to um, 
everything in class and and he wasn't a huge heralded recruit coming in um and, and really he had some limitations in his game but at the same time he he never missed a game in his entire collegiate career but was and was always kind of just steady you knew he probably wasn't going to make the damn free throw but he could probably do everything else you needed out of that power forward small forward position so uh it's it's one of those things where sports are such a cool thing because it allows guys like like a, a guy like Donnell Thompson to, to reach their goals through grit and hard work and um, obviously talent, but um, you know, Wisconsin with guys like Mark Tauscher and Joe, Joe Panos and, and everything, there's so many different guys that come to mind that really, uh, you know, went ahead and, and made the most out of their opportunity and, and went ahead to have successful lives because of it. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think all of those names are, are great names that, that kind of come to mind, even in basketball, when you think of Frank Kaminsky early in his career, he was not the same Frank that, you know, I remember his freshman, sophomore year and looking through the roster, he was smaller, string bean, and he, you know, that North Dakota game where he put up, what, 40-some points, he, he kind of had a coming out party, and then next thing you know, he's, you know, uh, an All-American, you know, Naismith Award winner, just dominating college basketball, even in that role, uh, you know, he came to UW and it was small, kind of a guard forward, ended up as uh, one of the best centers to, to of course, come through Wisconsin, but, you know, play college basketball. So I think, uh, I think to him as well as a name that you don't think of him as an underdog right now, given the career he ended up having and where he was at Wisconsin, but early in his career, I don't think anybody saw that. So that was another uh, big underdog uh, you know, prospect that I looked at as a guy that could that really made a big jump and, and made the most, like you said, of his opportunity. Um, anybody else that you can think of uh, underdog-wise? Otherwise, uh, that's all the questions I've uh, got. I, I, I like that you brought up Kaminsky just because it kind of brings it back full circle because I was talking about that team that, you know, kind of overachieved it, uh, and was able to beat Michigan twice that year. Um, he was on that team and he was a sophomore at that time and he only averaged four points a game. So to see that huge jump from his sophomore to his junior year. Now, part of that is opportunity because a guy like Jared Bergeron wasn't there. So you're, you're going to have those opportunities to play more and, and do that. But but man, just his career arc and what he what he did, he went from uh, playing sparsely his first two years to going, hey, he could probably leave after his junior year for the draft if he wanted to. Uh, it is just crazy. Yeah, that was certainly a crazy time. And I like that you brought up that I was just thinking that I was like, man, he could have left, you know, that that season his his breakout season and and went to the next level and said he came back. And of course, you know, did something even more special with the Badgers. But it's uh, it was a fun run for a lot of those guys. And I think that's what makes UW so special is they, they've had a lot of guys that have thrived in that underdog role, both at just coming to Wisconsin and, and playing a lot to also the the J.J. Watts, the guys like that, that. Um, you know, Frank Kaminsky that went on and, and had, you know, NBA careers and, and NFL careers. So it's cool to see. And I think uh, this was a really fun topic to kind of get some nostalgia back uh, in terms of talking about some underdogs and some definitely fan favorites, because like we've always kind of talked about already, you, you root for the underdog in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many just cool things because like like Strickland recovering that fumble. I was at that game against Minnesota where they where he scored in the in the end zone and it was just absolutely crazy. I remember my dad and I going nuts. Uh, and so it's just those memories are always there and uh, these guys are a big reason for it. You know, so it's it's not always the guys who are the four and five star 
kids that turn out and are the fan favorites. Sometimes it's it's the uh, lesser known guys, you know, a guy like we had talked about, Mike Maskalunas, who, you know, he could be going on a scholarship next year and could be a starter, uh, depending upon how things go in in fall camp. But he he's he's makes a valuable input on the football team uh, all all of his years on campus and special teams. Most definitely, I think uh, that probably wraps up our underdog conversation, guys. I, I hope you enjoyed, you know, Matt and I taking a look. Uh, kind of flipping through the yearbook of some Badger fan favorites and some nostalgia. Of course, I know we're all missing sports, uh, and hopefully that uh, you know warmed your heart up a little bit to think back of some of these big memories because everybody loves an underdog and everybody loves an underdog story. Uh, so, guys, we'll be back with you, of course, later in the week uh, as normal. Still kind of working on some possible interviews uh, for later in the week, so make sure to stick with us. And as always, on Wisconsin.